0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message.
1: Um, I am a wife and a mother. I'm a homeschool teacher, a homemaker, a music teacher, a creative snob. And um, I love to craft beautiful spaces for people to live in. I'm a designer by trade, but um, I've shelved that for the time being to be a homeschool teacher because it is a full-time job. Um, So my story, my testimony for this year starts um, in early fall. I was loading my kids up to take them to town. I don't even know what we were doing. And I had stopped down at Richard's shop to talk to him for a second and hopped out of the car. And when I looked over to my vehicle, um, one of my beautiful girls was hanging out of the window and she said something to us. And I don't even remember what she said. Like, that wasn't the important part. The important part was the tone (laughs) and how she presented herself, which was super entitled and sassy. And I was like, ooh, ooh, I don't like the way that looks. And Richard's like, well, you know, children are the mirror of their parents. thanks, Spogler. Um, But it's real true. <laughs> and uh, the Lord kind of used that little picture to like highlight some things in my life that weren't exactly um, as beautiful as they could be. And so he started me kind of on a journey to like unwrap some of the places where I have become extra sassy and entitled and snobby (laughs) about uh sassy snobby whatever um about things in my own life and as part of that journey a lot of that has um been tied to consumerism and so um i am the kind of person who loves to read reviews and like dive deep down the rabbit hole of the internet and like all the things people love to say about anything you could buy and i get lost for hours and um not sure if you know this, but that's not a healthy way to spend hours. And so, you know, my, my bath mats don't matter that much, you know. I don't need to get lost for hours like finding the cutest bougie bath mat for my kids' bathroom. Like, it's just not what's actually valuable. And I actually am glad I had this opportunity to share with you guys because it kind of helped me like spend more time unpacking this and thinking through this and like, who is it that I really want to be? Who do I want to present to my children as uh, somebody worth mirroring? Whoa, (laughs) sorry. There's nothing more that I want to reflect than what I see my father doing. And Jesus mirrored that so well. I mean, he said it in John, like, I only do what I see my dad doing. And that's the kind of person I really want to be for my kids. So, <laughs> welcome to Weepy an Hour. Um, it will only not be an hour just to say that, but <laughs> just a few more minutes. Earlier this year, I was talking with my mom about my great-aunt Miriam. Her name is Miriam Gray. She's 98 years old, and she has not chosen the easy path in her life. But she has chosen a really beautiful path. Um, When she was young and engaged, her fiancé fell off a hay wagon and had a pretty significant brain injury. And she chose to marry him anyway, knowing that they were recommended to not have children and that he um, probably wouldn't be able to hold down a job real well. And um, she would kind of have to leave the home. And in a Mennonite household, that is not common. So she was going to be different from her peers as well. Um, and of all the people I know, she is so full of grace. and so full of like the kindness that I want to be. Like she's reflecting her heavenly father in such a beautiful way. And so, Sorry. the summary of what I want to share is, like, the challenge the Lord has given me is, like, who am I going to reflect? Who do I want to reflect? Do I want to reflect what consumerism culture tells me is important, or do I want to reflect the king of kings? The one who created me? Okay, I'm not going to cry anymore. I'm done. But that's my challenge for this year, in, for me, and um, is to be, like, To be more like Jesus, to spend time with the things that are actually valuable, that actually can bring joy. Which is a whole other sermon for a different day, and not for me today. Anyway, that's all I have to share today. Thank you, guys.
2: Good job, Aaron. Great job, Aaron. Weepy Aaron is is a good Aaron. I I will tell you, uh, for people who don't speak in front of the church. Uh, Maybe you've never cried before in your entire life. All you have to do is hold this microphone right here. Hey, Billy, you want to come on up? Everybody say hello to Billy. Hey, come on, Billy. Come up here and cry with us, Billy.
3: You hold it for me. No, no. Hi, good morning. My name is Billy. Um, I really don't want to cry like that, but it's <laughs> probably possible. Um, so for 2023, probably the, the highlight of what the Lord has been or revealed to me this year is how faithful that He is um, in moments that probably look the least like He's going to be faithful. Um, and so... 2023 is going to have more stories for us and my family than 2020 did. Um, It's been a pretty chaotic year. Um, Started out in January with my wife in the hospital, having some procedures done. Um, She had um, a mass on a fallopian tube and it had to be taken out. That had to be removed. She had to have an ovary taken out. Um, That was like January-ish. And um, we've been married since 2020. Uh, We have four kids. She has two kids. I have two. We have four. Um, They're amazing. And um, we were at a point of let's love these four kids and um, just live life and be happy. And then about, I don't know, March-ish, y'all hear that? That's mine. (laughs) we find out we're pregnant after all that, and um, so this year's been real interesting. I'm 40, and um, I was not planning on having a baby at 40, or we were not planning on any more children or anything like that, and so anyway, long story short, it was such a surprise, we decided we're not even going to find out what we're having. I mean, we got two boys, two girls, this is a tiebreaker, we don't even want to... We don't even want to know what it is. Like we're just gonna, we're just gonna ride it out. You know, have a little fun with it. It was so fun that everybody around us were was acting crazy about it because they wanted to know. So we had lots of fun with it. Um, so we get it's time for him to be here, and there's complications and things going on. Um, so we're in the hospital a little longer than normal. Um, at this point, we still don't even have a name. Um, every time we sit down to try to think of a name, we're like, nah, we'll, we'll wait till he gets here. We'll, or it, we'll wait till it gets here. We'll look at it and we'll know, right? Like <laughs> they will know your name in that moment. And, um, so we just decided to wait. So Asher's born and, um, like two o'clock in the morning and the next morning, Friday morning, the, this nurse walks in with this paper and she's like, We need to know what the the baby's name is. And we're like, we don't know. And she looks at us like we're absolutely lost our mind. And um, so we're like, just come back later. We'll we'll try to figure it out. (laughs) Every time we tried to figure it out, I am not lying. Every time we started, what are we going to name this kid? Every single time, an IV pole would go off or a nurse would come in or a doctor would come in. And it was like that for 3 days. And um every time we tried to talk about it, something would happen. And um so you know, you have this picture of like like we we didn't find out what he was. So when I had this picture of okay, we're going to go to the hospital. He's going to be born. Like I'm going to get to come out and all my people are going to be there and you're going to hold him up like, you know, in Lion King and it's a boy. Well, it was like so late in the morning or whatever that there wasn't even nobody there. Like my mom was the only person that stuck it out with us and cuz everybody else had lives and had to go home and all that. So, we didn't even get to do that. And uh, so we're in the we're in the hospital and like it's like Sunday or something and again, we our, our stay got extended and I could have like 14 stories but, um, so we're sitting there, and we're having this moment, like, holding him, and I'm looking at him, and like, I'm beside the bed, and Kristen's in the bed, and it's like, it's like a moment, like tears moment, and then boom, boom, boom on the door, and in comes the pediatrician, and I'm like, like, he almost got a cussing right there, because I'm like, just leave us alone, you know? So... He finally leaves and I'm walking Asher around and I'm holding him and I'm just looking at him and I said, "You know what? Just forget it." Just forget it. Like they they told us we've got 6 days after we leave here. I'm I'm not fighting this anymore. I'm not trying to figure out your name. I'm not fighting this moment any longer. I I'm we're tired. We like every time we're going to do this and You know, sometimes I think the Lord puts weight on things in your life, and I really felt there was a weight on what his name was going to be. And in that moment, I finally said, all right, there's a reason you're not letting us decide this baby's name yet. And so just forget it. You're just not going to have a name. I don't care. I really was at that point. I said, I don't care if you ever have a name. Like, we'll just, whatever. And in that moment, When I said that, this weight fell in the room and it got so heavy and it got so thick and the Lord just showed up in the room and no IV pole went off. Nobody knocked on the door for like hours. Like the IV, he had an IV pole. She had an IV pole. The IV poles had IV poles and like, They was beeping on them like every two minutes or something. It was, none of them went off. Nobody came. I think they forgot we were even in the room. And we just had this God moment. Like he just showed up and it was like, he was saying to us, like, I'm, I'm faithful to my promises to you guys. I'm, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of this baby. I'm going to take care of all this situation And in that moment, I was like, you know what? If we would ever get to the point where we would just stop fighting it and stop trying to make it happen on our own. And so that's what 2023 has been for me is God's faithful, but there's moments that I look at God and I, you're not real faithful in this moment. And just to be honest, and if we're all honest, we probably have moments in our Life right now where we're God where where are you you promised me this or you told me this or you said this and it's not happening and you know or your word says this and it's really not happening and I've learned this year that in those moments when it's the hardest to trust God as being faithful that's when he shows up as faithful and um, so we left the hospital with a baby that had a name and the next day, the Lord gave him, gave us his name, and um, so the day we went home, and uh, so we didn't take a baby home with no name, but, um, you know, this wasn't our plan, and I'm learning that everything that I thought was my plan, the Lord's finally showing up and saying, well, this is my plan, like, this, this is my plan for you, and this is my plan for your life, so Yeah. I didn't cry. I didn't cry. I'm done. High five to baby Asher.
2: Casey, come on up. Everybody say hello to Casey. Casey, are you going to cry? Okay, good.
0: (laughs) Who knows? I guess we'll see. Hi, I'm Casey Bradstreet, and um, I'm really excited to be able to be here today. And... um, Got asked to do this a couple days ago, and I was like, this is huge, and it feels so important, um, and also like a gift, and so I started asking God, like, you've shown up in lots of different ways, and you've taught me lots of different things, so what am I supposed to say, and last night I laid in my bed staring at my ceiling going, Lord... (laughs) Any time would be great if you could tell me. Um, We're supposed to, like, rehearse it, and I haven't rehearsed. And if you could tell me. Um, But I think I know. So um, just a a very fast um, life story. Um, I'm 38. I grew up in western New York State. Um, I was raised um, in... Uh, a body of believers, and always, um, for as long as I can remember, believed that God had something for me, that, that he saw me and chose me um, from a very young age, and I've believed that forever, for as long as I can remember. And as a child, I had all of these visions of what adult life would be like. It is none of those things none of those things, um, and I had this, like, God is going to bless me with, in all of these ways, and I'm, I'm going to be used by him in all of these ways, and this is what my adult life will look like, and my adult life does not look like that, and um, I have a nine-year-old who um, doesn't fit in a lot of spaces. Um, we've been, see, uh, we've been lots of places where he's not welcome as he is, and That has made it very difficult, um, to be a person, to be places, um, because my family is my nine-year-old and me, and if he doesn't fit, that means I don't fit either, because we go together, (laughs) and, um, we've been coming here since he was two, and, um, we've had lots of life experiences while being here and connected to this place, and, um, I've seen him grow and be known and loved by so many people. And the more that he is welcomed in and and accepted and safe, the more that I can be. And one of the things that has been most challenging in the last 10 or 15 years or so, like the real adult years, um, has been that um, I haven't heard God's voice in a long time and he's it's I I have felt his leading I've seen his work but I haven't heard him and I heard him when I was really little I heard him speak my name to me um like audibly heard him speak to me and um it's it's been quite a few years since I've heard his voice and for a while I had to fight the thought that it's because I screwed something up, that he had this adult life um, blessing dream planned out for me, and somehow I ruined it, because it's not at all like I thought it was going to be, and it doesn't look anything like we all dreamt it would be when we were little kids. and. So I, I knew that wasn't true, but I still felt it a lot. And um, so I've had to fight against the, I screwed it up, I ruined it. I am not that powerful. God is so much bigger. And um, this this year, there have been several times where I felt like God spoke something to me for someone else. And um, being here in this space um, and being affirmed that, Yes, that is God's voice that you're hearing. Because it has been so long, I had kind of forgotten what he sounded like. And there have been multiple instances here in this space where I really felt like God had said something to me to share and I was um, not only allowed to do it, which is so crazy to me, but um, encouraged to do it in this space uh, where I am welcomed and my son is welcomed and loved exactly as he is. And I really believe that he um, listens with his spirit and sees with his spirit and speaks with his spirit. And the spirit is heavy here and in you. And I think he feels it. Sometimes he is so loud when we come here, and I think it's his spirit speaking. Um And I don't understand what he's saying, but I think God does. I think God hears him, and I think God does. And the more that we are safe here, um, the more that I see that this is what God has for me. This is the life that God has for me and the blessings that he give are giving. The blessings he is giving me um are not like second rate blessings that are like well you screwed it up but you can also have this secondary consolation prize blessing. That, that this is the the goodness and fullness of God and I have seen it. Um I prayed and prayed and prayed that God would give me a staff in my job that would be collaborative. Um, and that would be alive in him and he gave that to me 2023 I've had two really wonderful assistants who um, have prayed and prayed with me and um, that God has used us um, in my my team um, and I've seen I've seen his love grow in my team and it's through the three of us that he's doing that um, so, uh, the biggest, the biggest thing in 2023 for me is that God is is speaking to me, and although He may have been quiet for a while, because sometimes He does that, um, He is speaking to me, and um, that I I didn't mess it up, and um, that I can't I can't mess up what He has for me, and um, I just need to keep walking toward Him as best as I can figure it out, and that He has brought um, a tribe. And um, he's really been redefining for me what family means. Um, And and my family um, is very different than what I originally thought family was going to be when I grew up. Um, But I'm really grateful for it.
2: Great Great job, Casey. Casey, you're just one of my favorite people. You just are. And you're really a prophetic person, and it's really popped out this year, and it's been like a huge gift to me, but also to a lot of people around here, so, so thank you. Uh, Mimi, come on, Mimi. Everybody say hello to Mimi Tucker. Thank you. Um,
4: good morning, um, I'm super impressed by the people who've spoken before me who got up here with no notes, and that's not something I'm willing to do. Uh, So I I do have something pulled up on my phone. I just had knee surgery a couple weeks, uh, about two months ago, so I'm not stepping up on this big high step. You have to watch me from here. And I don't see how our preaching staff gets up here every week without sobbing every time. I don't know how that happens. Um, So, like... Adam said, um, I'm Mimi Tucker, Uh, my husband Greg is back there, and my daughter, daughter daughter-in-law, son-in-law, and we've been coming to the vineyard about 20 years, Um, but our roots go back to a time when it was just a prayer group, probably in the early 90s, okay? And uh, so, so many people... um, that I'm looking at in this room were a part of that time for me. Um, my sweet mother-in-law, Ann Tucker, she just uh, passed away in November. Um, Diane Salmon and Dick, Rain Candy, um, Evelyn, they were with me. I did get a, I did get a tissue before I came up here, but hopefully I can uh, get past that. So it's no, and I did go a, a little bit off prompt. Um, past year what I'm going to talk about happened a long time ago but the things that I learned during that time have certainly come back and helped me over and over again and especially in this past year it was a rough year um, but it's no people uh, secret that people are shaped by things that happen to them and it's no secret that usually those are bad things hard things okay that's that has a big impact on who we are spiritually, who we are emotionally, and I'm no different, okay? So um, in 96 and 98, I lost two sisters to uh, breast cancer. And there was only three years between us, so we were extremely close. I'm the youngest of six, Um, extremely close. We shared everything. We shared clothes. We shared rooms. At one time, all three of us slept in the same room at my parents' house. Uh, Vacations. We even shared boyfriends a few times. Not at the same time. (laughs) But we really did. Um, So we were raising our children together. Um, You know, we all had kids about the same age. And then when Fran died in 96 and Jane died in 98, um, grief was just not a big enough word for what I was feeling. Um, and I remember telling my brother after Jane died, I said, I don't know who I am without them. I just, I really didn't. Um, it was like two big anchors from my life were just gone. Um, so I remember the evening after Jane's funeral. And if you've ever been through that, you know how busy and how rushed and how, condensed everything is into those few days and uh I just thought I've got I've got to be alone so it was late um and I got in the car and I went to the cemetery where Jane is buried and um Fran's also buried there on a little hill above her so I just sat there and I don't know what I expected I really don't um I didn't know if you know the heavens would open up, or if I would just hear this audible word. I don't know. None of that happened. Um, I just sat there for a while. And I sat with Jane, and then I went and sat with Fran. Um, It was just, you know, crickets chirping on a warm August evening. That was it. But eventually, I did kind of gather myself together, went home, just thankful for that time with my sisters just the three of us um so losing them so close together shaped me most definitely um I was forced to decide if I was going to go through this with God or without him and there was no there was no choice honestly I didn't have a choice in that I knew I couldn't do it without him um and what I learned has stuck with me through so many things, um, and I've kind of boiled it down to just two. Um, I learned that eventually, even that deep crippling pain of that fresh grief can turn into a bittersweet pain that you cherish. It takes time. Um, It reminds me that I had something lots of people never experienced, and I'm grateful for that. Um, and, and yeah, I wish it hadn't happened, but it did, and I can't change that. And God has helped me channel that grief into something that's beautiful and something that's worthwhile. And finally, I found kind of my life motto, uh, and I remind myself of this anytime I'm going through something. It's come up, you know. For a long time, I had it on my fridge. I don't need it on my fridge because it's just part of me. Okay, and it's basically, you know, a faith that cannot be tested. Is a faith that cannot be trusted. And um, my faith didn't change the outcome. You know, I still lost my sisters, but it did change my reaction to it. Uh, God imprinted Himself so deeply, it was impossible for me to turn from Him. Um, So I can't say I welcome these tests as they come, but they do come. But I'm reminded of that old, old hymn, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. And um, I do trust him to see me through the tests that come my way. So we all have tests. You know, it's, it's gonna, if it hasn't happened yet, it will happen. You know, you got to just be faithful to him and trust him to see you through that.
2: Thank you, Mimi. And there's words for everybody in the room today, if you're listening. Raymond, everybody say hello to Ray Ray.
5: Thank you, Adam. My name is Raymond Roberts. I learned in Spain to introduce myself as Raymond. If I said Ray, I had to repeat it 12 times. But if I said Raymond, they all seem to get it. I'm going to talk about what I believe to be the largest thing that the Lord impacted me with in the last year, and it's all around the topic of quiet and silence. Most of us, by the time we were eight or ten, had memorized the little passage from Psalms that says, be still and know that I am God. And then we've probably been challenged a few times by Adam's words when he talks about Paul's teachings in First Thessalonians and in Romans that, where Paul just said, I aspire, or you should aspire, to live a quiet life, minding your own business, <laughs> at peace with all men, and work with your hands. The Lord in the last year has begun to impress upon me the importance of quiet so that you can actually hear him, but not just hear him, but actually hear the people across the table from you. It's no profound thing for me to say that we all know there are a plethora of platforms that are pleading for our attention all of the time. And you can meet somebody for lunch and there's an earbud in and a notebook, and an instruction manual, and in the midst of that, you try to have a conversation. And the Lord has just been impressing on me to lean into quiet and lean into silence. One of my spiritual teachers is Paul Quinan, and he's, a, he's been a, a monk at the Abbey of Gethsemane for 65 years. And he told me last January that when he first entered the monastery, that all of the monks, and if you've been there, you know this, they eat their meals in silence, which if you haven't done that before, it's a little bit odd. Uh, Of course, he was 17 when he entered the monastery, and he said he had a way of beating that. He would take a book with him to dinner. And he talked about one evening, he's eating his meal, and he had his book open, and Thomas Merton walked over and leaned up next to him and just gently closed his book and said this to him, one thing at a time. And it seems simple, but it's so profound. If we would learn to just do one thing at a time, we can hear the voice of God clearer. We can hear the voice of Jesus clearer. We can hear Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and Peter, and Paul, and all of the saints and the cloud of witnesses that have gone before us. We could hear it clear if we just do one thing at a time. So the gift that I got from the Lord this year was mostly just a gift of quiet and a gift of silence, and I have a lot more to learn on it, but I'll end with this thought. He awakened me at half past one. Work was over and day was done. Quiet filled the living home's rooms, the only light from a clouded half moon. His nudge at first merely caused me to turn. My slumber was pleasant, so his prodding I spurned. But persistence went out, a clear voice in my head, so I threw back the blankets and eased out of my bed. Silence was there as a trusted old friend, and the peace of all's well on my heart did descend. The words of no words and the sound of no sound carried me once again to life's hallowed ground. So if I could ask anything of the Lord today, it would be that he would instill on all of us a new love and a new pursuit and a new caring for what is quiet and what is silent.
2: Thank you. All right, good job, everybody. Hey, here's what I would love to do this morning. Uh, if you're playing an acoustic guitar on the stage this morning, can you come on up? Uh, Emily, you can come on up too, even though you don't have a guitar today. Disco, you're allowed to come back as well. Yeah. Uh, here's what I'd love to do today. I would love to pray that we would become aware this morning of all the little ways that God has been present in our lives this year. You know,, uh, we had five people talk this morning, and I was hearing things in everybody's story that was for me. But part of what I was hearing is is God is just available in everybody's life. He's just He's just working in everybody's life. And maybe you're aware of it this morning or or maybe you're not, but It'd be awesome if we could wake up to that. So why don't you do this this morning before we sing one more time? Why don't you stand?
0: Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media.
5: Until next time.